Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Raven, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, we're going to have another very delightful show. We have invited to join us the author of this book, The Power of the Heart, Baptiste Dupop. He is also the filmmaker behind a film that is taking the world by storm right now by the same name, The Power of the Heart. In this film, he interviews some 18 of the world's leading thinkers, feelers, poets, scientists, and the like. And he gathers information from them all that has a lot in common, which orients us, us as a culture, into a new space, perhaps a space that we really need to be paying close attention to. It takes us out of our head and brings us into our bodies, and especially into that central location of the heart. The film is nothing short of beautiful. It touches you heart and soul, no pun intended. And we're very pleased that Baptiste has arrived in New York to sit down with us in our studio at A Better World and speak with us about his motivation to make the film in the first place and what has happened on his journey since. So, Baptiste, great to have you here. Thank you so much for having uh, me on your show, Mitchell. It's, it's, my a, pleasure. it's a real privilege and honor to be I'm here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad for us as well. So, I know we just did a TV show, and I'm a bit familiar with the inside story, yeah. but uh, I'd like our radio audience to also be able to hear you in your own words speak what the story is behind, because your life is so radically different now than the trajectory on which it had been yes. of becoming yes. an international lawyer with a major firm, yes. closing deals for the large multinationals, to a filmmaker speaking about the deep spiritual significance and human significance mm. of living from the heart. Mm. Please, the form is yours. Well, um, I think it's uh, it's completely true what you said. Uh, if, if you would have said uh, a few years ago to me that I would be doing this, you know, traveling about, around the world, speaking about the power of the heart, and I would have said, you are crazy. Um, but I... I think I had a crisis. What I've learned from all the people I've interviewed is that they were all trying to live the conventional way. They all wanted to fit in. But then all of a sudden, there's a big crisis in their life. And they realize that the conventional way of thinking cannot help them to go uh, through that crisis. So they have to go inside. And then eventually, if you go inside, you always find your soul. You always find your heart. The heart is the seat of the soul. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what happened to me. I was a lawyer in the city of Amsterdam, and I was offered uh, a contract with a big international law firm. I was going from, uh, you know, I, I was offered something that most, quote-unquote, lawyers would say, you know, this is, this is it. It doesn't get better. The plum of the profession. Exactly. Very prestigious law firm. But I realized I didn't want it. I felt cut off from my aliveness. Um, so I realized I don't want to do this anymore for the rest of my working life. But I had no idea what else I wanted to do. And I had two weeks whether or not to decide to sign this contract. And in this period, I couldn't sleep. 
And every night I was staring at the ceiling, and I said, okay, I need to find my purpose in life. And I was doing research on finding your purpose in life. And while I was doing this research one night, um, I stumbled upon a video. Uh, and in this video, this uh, in this video, Oprah Winfrey was having a conversation with Eckhart Tolle. That was a worldwide teleseminar, by yes, the way. Yes, yes. That yeah. millions of people actually listened to. Yeah, but this this was a part of the, uh, that, and it was put on you. Someone put it on YouTube. Yes. And they were speaking about finding your purpose in life, exactly what I was trying to figure out. And Oprah said, I think there's nothing more important than finding your purpose in life. And then Eckhart said something that really changed my perspective on everything. He said, you can't get there through thinking. And thinking was the only thing I knew. I mean, I, I was taught to figure, uh, you know, to find the, the, the solutions through thinking. And when he said, you can't get there through thinking, I thought, oh, my God, wow. And I realized it was true. I felt it was true. And he said, if you want to find your purpose in life, then you can ask yourself, what do I want from life? But a more powerful question would be, what does life want from me? And when he said that, I was, yes, I'm going to try this out. I've got nothing to lose. And I'm very open to to give it a try. And he said, if you want to find the answer to this question, you have to find moments of stillness. And the best way to do this is to go into nature. So the next day I went into nature and uh, while I was walking, I started meditating on the question, what does life want from me? What does life want from me? And I was walking, and while I was walking, I was repeating this question over and over again. And I did this for about an hour, and after this hour, nothing happened. And I thought, it doesn't work. And at the same time, I thought, okay, maybe I'm impatient. I should give it more time. But all of a sudden, it started to rain, and I forgot all about the question. And I thought, I need a place to hide from the rain, because it was raining really hard. And I was standing under some trees um, to hide from the rain. And when I was standing there, I forgot about the question. And I was standing there, and all of a sudden, I felt that I had a heart attack. And I thought, my life is over. And they're going to find my body here. Um, but I didn't die, of course, because I'm here. In and you show. were at the age of, yes. 32. 32. 32. And I didn't die. Yes, because you are here. <laughs> because I'm here, and I I want to describe the feeling. I felt there was a bone in my heart, and it broke. And that's the best way to describe it. I know, of course, we don't have bones in our hearts, in our hearts but that's how it felt. And while I was experiencing this, I started to cry. I started to cry really hard. And I had an overwhelming sense of love, an overwhelming sense of gratitude, an overwhelming sense of clarity, but most of all, an overwhelming sense of coming home. Mm. And when I had this feeling of coming home, the idea came, you have to make a movie about the heart. And when this idea came to me, I remembered what Eckhart had said. He said, you can't get there through thinking. And this was not coming through my thinking. It was coming through feeling. And it felt so good. It felt like coming home. And I said, this is it. This must be it. Hallelujah. I had this eureka moment, right? And I said, okay, I know what I have to do with my life. And I was really happy. But then a few minutes later, my head, my mind started to kick in. I said, 
you're crazy, you're a lawyer, so you don't know anything about art, you don't know anything about film production. And at that moment, I said, okay, my mind has not made me happy, has not have, uh, did not give me a fulfilling life until now, so I'm going to go with my heart instead of with my mind. And that's how the whole journey started. Beautiful. You outline through that story, it's a hero's journey, of course, yeah. Baptiste. It's yes. very obvious. It, yes. it, it matches the marks yeah. of the markers yeah. of an archetypal heroic journey, yes. as described, of course, by Joseph Campbell yes, and exactly. measure by yes. Carl Gustav Jung and yes. others throughout time. Yes. Yes. And so it's very beautiful to hear you also shifting from the mentalized, intellectual, morphogenetic field in which we were all born into to something much deeper, mm. uh, nonlinear, mm. and that shift that Eckhart was referring to happened in a sudden way. It's precipitous. Mm. It's unknowable. Mm. It's coming, in a sense, from the chaos mm. into the clarity, mm. and it was like symbolized in mm. this beautiful story you tell, mm. this beautiful narrative of the rain coming down so hard you couldn't be in your head, actually. You had to take your body needed shelter, so you came out of it. And if you don't mind my interpreting a little bit... No, I love it. This um, story about a bone in your heart breaking. You know, there are many stories, again, myths uh, and understandings from Buddhist psychology and beyond, of our living from the space of a broken heart. Yes, that even though life is full of joy and utter magnificence and nature is grand and yes. all of that, and we are designed, you could say, um, neurophysiologically for bliss and well-being, yes. there's another side to the game, as we all know, yes. and that's the broken heart. And yeah. oftentimes the way for us thinkers, mm. our intellectual types, mm. to get grounded in our body is through an experience of some level of, I don't want to say tragedy, but at least conflict and some challenge yeah. that gets us out of our linearized dual yeah. headset yeah. and drops into the space of the heart, yes. which has another level of understanding. And it's through a broken heart. Yes. I, I, I feel that our hearts are... Does not, that all resonate with I, I complete It completely resonates with me. I, I don't feel our hearts are broken. Our hearts are broken open. And broken when, open, yeah. And, and when Beautiful. that happens... It's actually our, a little of each, I'd say. Yeah. You know? And, and when it happens, our true identity is revealed. Uh, our true mission is revealed. Yeah. Our soul is coming out of the closet. Beautiful. I, I appreciate that point very much. It's yeah. broken open. Yeah. And and then therein lies your epiphany, yes. Yes. you know, your revelation. And yes. it's utterly magnificent to listen to. And the broken heart part of it um, happens when the heart is broken open. Yes. And it gives us the sense of compassion for others, if you will. Yes. Because when the heart is open, it just has an automatic connectedness. Mm to all other sentient life, if you will, you know, from other fellow humans, our brothers and sisters, to, you know, the animal kingdom, the non-human kingdom, too. Mm -hmm. so, so that's how it opened for you, and that began the journey of your leaving the identity as lawyer yes. uh, into one as filmmaker with a very set 
distinct, defined purpose mm. of producing and making this film. And it's, let's move into the film. It's beautiful. It's really, really touching. Uh, a lot, I interview a good number of filmmakers, by the way. Yeah. And um, because of the subjects I'm involved in of psychology and yeah. spirituality yeah. and consciousness and yeah. stress management as well and yeah. things that are more kind of mystical and philosophical, uh, there's a tendency in so many films to be a series of really good talking heads, yes. which is just the inversion of what we're looking for here, which is, yes. you could say, talking hearts. Yes. That might be a new genre, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> talking hearts. But in this, you also bring forward narrative. Yes. You bring forth story. Yes. yes. Our oldest art. I, I, Speak to me. I, I've learned from, I worked with Drew Harriet, uh, who also made The Secret, um, I think you know that yes, movie. Of um, and Drew was 24 when he directed The Secret. It's very young. And he taught me that stories are data with soul. Data Stories are data with soul. And we connect through stories. So storytelling is really the way to connect with our soul, to connect with our hearts. And it's good to have the talking heads, but you need the stories to go to the deeper level of the soul. That's beautiful. I I like to frame it that story is one of our first arts. Well, all of them are primordial, you know, but sitting around the fire, uh, you know, at a time when, let's say, we were hunters and gatherers, and what did we do to explain natural phenomena of rain and sun and wind yes. and volcanoes and earthquakes and yeah. everything and the creatures, the myriad yes. creatures, you know, we told stories yes. and we connected with each other yes. on a soul level, yes. on a beautiful emotional level. Yes. And so it's got this archetypal quality to it yeah. that reaches down into us. Yeah. And there's the other beautiful part of storytelling is that we all go on the journey as though it were real as though we're actually experiencing it because the brain does not distinguish between imaginary, virtual, and what we call real. That's why you identify with the protagonist. Exactly. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about some of the choices that you made in the film, such as I've got to just comment on the first opening, which is awesome, of the parable of the Japanese warrior. Yes. Can you share with us a little? Well, um, we wanted to show with this story that heaven and hell, uh, the world maybe of the mind, which can be a hell, um, if the mind is not serving the heart, Mm. um, is an internal state. Hell is an internal state. But heaven is also an internal state, and we experience heaven when our heart is open. And uh, this is a great parable, because the samurai in the story, he's a killer, and he's suffering because he killed so many people, and he's living literally in hell. A living hell. Yes, and, and, and the sage, she is trying to show him that it's an internal state. And when he is grateful for the lesson, when he's crying, when, he's, when his heart is broken open, he's experiencing heaven. So it is a parable that shows when our heart is closed down, we're in hell. When the heart is open, experience heaven. 
And that, folks, is how the movie begins. <laughs> and there you go, into the sunset. You've interviewed many people in the film, of course, Baptiste, and uh, it's a joy to move from one to another to another. Yeah. And uh, you were telling me earlier, and I'd love for you to share that with our radio audience, about what it was like to spend time with Maya Angelou in North Carolina, in her home, and what was that experience like? Um, she's in a category of her own. Um, we went to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and it was autumn, and it was so beautiful there. And when she came in, she was hooked to an oxygen tank, and you could see that you know her health was not so good. What was her age at that time? Um, this is 2011, and Maya Angelou passed in 2013. So uh, I, I knew at the time she was still doing a lot. She was still traveling a lot when she uh, could do it. And she said uh, to, um, she said, I mean, she, she was wheelchair bound a lot of times. But she said, just because I'm wheelchair bound doesn't mean I don't get around. She said that. And it was true. I mean, she something poetically not, she said it could not stop her. Uh, but uh, she had a presence unlike anyone. I mean, she filled up the room with her energy. Uh, and when she started to speak, um, I really felt it was the voice of God. And Bill Clinton said something beautiful at her funeral. He said, um, Maya Angelou stopped speaking when she was eight. And at 13, she spoke. She started speaking again. I'm not going into the reasons why. Um, but she had a traumatic experience and she didn't speak for five years. And he said when she started to speak again at 13, God gave her his voice. And then Bill Clinton said, I know why she passed. Because God gave her his voice, and now he wants it back for a while. And that's, that was so mm. powerful, because mm. um, it really resonated with my experience uh, of her when I interviewed her with my team. Um, and, and, and when we were editing and when we were working on the script, we, we had this cr crazy fear. It was every time uh, we saw her, I mean, you know, someone had to come, uh, you know, after her. And we are like, I mean, how can you be in her presence? I mean, this is super quality. I mean, in the film Yeah, in the film sequentially, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King level. I really feel that about her. And you know it's it's a cat i mean it's a category, and you have only like maybe ten or twenty people in the world like that uh and uh so she 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 was exceptional like no one else mm. yeah that is beautiful yeah that is, thank you for sharing yeah. sharing yeah. that and well, this will be part of her legacy, yes, and she was gracious she shows up magnificently yes. in the film, yes, and she gave it all uh although her, her you know her health was not so good. Um, after many questions, she had to, you know, go on the oxygen again after many answers. And But she was so resilient. The heart is about resilience. I mean, her life is about resilience. Uh, and, 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 and she she was a true master. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Yeah. It's also interesting because we uh, have these ideas that spiritual development happens through spiritual traditions. Yes. And this is a really beautiful example and departure from that notion that one needs to sit, let's say, in Zazen, in 
uh, Zen meditation or any other form of it, yeah. or a life of prayer in a monastery or anything yeah. of the sort, for who knows years, maybe decades, to have yeah. the light of God shine yeah. upon them. Yeah. And here's an example of a woman of a number of them, but this is a beautiful example as you've described as Baptista. A woman who had some very difficult early childhood experiences yeah. that she does talk about. I mean she talks about the Openly, uh, yeah. abuse. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That occurred and why she shut down and yeah. who knows where she went internally. Yeah. But it was really through suffering. Yeah. It was through a broken heart. And also through guilt. You know, because uh, when she was raped she, at eight years old, mm-hmm. she told who, who, uh, her family uh, who did it, and they killed uh, the person who had raped her. And that's why she stopped speaking, because she oh. said, oh, my God, my voice has the power to kill, so I'm not going to speak anymore. That's, she had an incredible guilt there, right? Because she said, my voice has the power to kill. I'm eight years old. I'm I'm saying something about the person, and they kill him. I didn't know that. Yes, but you have to look at this, of course, through the perception of an eight-year-old. Of course. Of course. Yeah. That is a powerful point. Yeah. Okay, good. Sad that it happened, but all the more suffering was sort of accruing to her. Yes. And it was out of that space of a sadness, of a conflict, of a broken heart, of immense suffering that she emerged as a divine being, yes. angelic in nature. Yes. And her voice has that golden hue. So yes. she was the poet emeritus of the yes. United States, yes. you know, deemed a national treasure. Yes. So few people reach that level of attainment. Yes. So and seen that way in the eyes of others having nothing to do with yes. even formal designation. Yes. So it's interesting, this was not a function of being a nun. Yeah. <laughs> Quite no, the no, 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 no. Quite the contrary. Uh, if you really or, look at her life, yeah. she spoke openly about everything she did, and that's why she is so great, uh, because she does not judge anyone, because she's, she has lived everything. She she could really embrace everyone and, 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 and be the protector. I mean, you know how many... I mean, did I mean, she was transcending everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting, exactly. So when you go through that level of suffering, sadness, what have you, of opening of the heart, you come to the space of compassion and appreciation of all beings without without judgment, which is an immediate, you know, reptilian type of, you know, neural activity that really does occur. It's sort of built in. But she, you said transcend, she went beyond that yes. that function, yes. that feature. So yes. I'm awesome. Who else were you so deeply touched by? I know you were touched by everybody, so it's an unfair question, so please forgive me. <laughs> but uh, what what else would you like to share with our audience uh, about the it, film and it, your, your experience of it? Uh, there are so many exceptional people, um, but I, I, I would like to mention another woman, uh, Immaculate Ilipagiza. Um, she's uh, a Tutsi so woman from Rwanda, mm. and um, in a nutshell, um, 20 years ago, uh, the genocide in Rwanda starts, and the Hutu tribe is killing the Tutsi, the, the people from the Tutsi tribe, and she is locked up 
in a bathroom for three months because she's hiding from the Hutu killers. And in this time, when she's locked up in the bathroom, she knows that her family is being killed. Uh, she knows that uh, the, the Hutu killers are trying to find her and kill her. And she is feeling so much anger, so much rage against the Hutus. And she said um, about it, I was not feeling anger towards one person. I was feeling anger, rage against 8 million people. And she said the biggest threat at that time was not the Hutu killers. Were not the Hutu killers who were trying to kill me with their machetes because I was a Tutsi. The biggest threat for me was that I was feeling so much anger and I, my, my, my body could not bear this anymore, could not contain this anger anymore, and it was killing me from the inside out. And so she is trying to forgive, not because she wants to forgive the Hutus, but just for herself because she wants to remove all the toxicity in her body. And she is a Catholic, a Christian, and she, she you know, she uses the Bible in order to forgive, to, to free herself from all the toxicity. And she can't, she cannot forgive this. She says, you know, how, you, how can you forgive this? Uh, this is an unforgivable thing, you know, to, to kill. And, 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 and so she, she reaches out, and she starts to pray, and she said, God, I don't know how to forgive. If you know how to forgive, please show me, because I, I want to forgive for myself. And in the movie, you see how she's able to forgive, and what what happens inside her mind, what you know, the internal choices that she she is making. And I think this story is really powerful and important because you know I'm from Europe, you're from the U.S. Why is a story that happened in Africa? Why is it important to us? It's important because it stretches our definition of forgiveness. It shows us what we are capable of. Because if she is able to forgive the killers of her family, then I certainly must be able to forgive the people I need to forgive in my country in Europe. And you must be yes. able to forgive the people you need to forgive here in New York City. In the quote-unquote, sometimes we think, you know, civilized world come to the genocide in Africa. But... It, it, it's not only a story about the genocide and about overcoming the genocide. It's also a story about forgiveness and really why it's so important and so powerful because it's something you do for yourself. And Maya Angelou said about this, forgiveness is so powerful. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm filled with gratitude and with tears when I think about forgiveness. That I'm, I'm so grateful that it exists. Yeah. Oh, so powerful. We are speaking with the filmmaker of the film that we are discussing at some length called The Power of the Heart, Baptiste Pop, who also uh, put together a book, authored a book, listing the 18 different spiritual teachers, scientists, philosophers, writers, thinkers from all over the world. And uh, he aggregates the feelings and the thoughts together in this beautiful book and I would uh, strongly recommend you both read the book and see the film because it's uh, very heart opening as you would imagine. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. I'm so glad you're joining us and make sure to uh, go to our website where we have information about Baptiste Pop and the film and the book and you can uh, certainly order it right there from our website. And also, if you don't yet get our newsletter, we have a free newsletter, a Better World newsletter, out every week announcing our various uh, radio and TV shows. So 
please become part of a Better World family. We truly welcome you and be part of uh, our community that is always involved in helping to educate and inspire people to greatness and new levels of leadership. So, uh, Baptiste, wonderful to have you here. Thank you so much for having me on your show, Mitchell. It's really a pleasure. It's really a pleasure. This work that you have done is such an interesting departure from uh, what your life was. Had we met when you were a lawyer, I'm sure we would have liked each other. (laughs) uh, (laughs) You have now put our heart quivering on the table between us, and it's uh, it's another level of connection and connectedness. Well, there's yeah. a saying in the Torah. Torah, the Torah. Yeah, you it should says, be quoting the Torah to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to, going to do that. It says, <laughs> words that come from the heart touch the heart. And if we would be speaking from our minds, only from our minds together, we would be communicating like robots. Mm. But if we speak from our hearts, we connect on the soul level. We ah. connect on the heart level. Ah. And then we make a real connection. Zetov, which means that's good <laughs> in Hebrew. Beautiful. And uh, truer words never spoken. It's really so. It's those experiences when people pass through, oftentimes difficult times, but certainly not only, also joyous times of connectedness to the larger world, to a family, or they see something uplifting like your film. Yes, yes. You know, it cracks open the heart. And it opens up. Now, there's a whole other really interesting dimension that I'm very glad that you went into uh, in the film, Baptiste, which has to do with the work of the Heart Math Institute and Howard Martin, who we've had on the radio yeah. show before. And uh, this work is really kind of outlining what I feel we intuitively know about the nature of the heart, heart as brain, mm. etc. But it's we know that it's surrounded by some thirty to forty thousand neurons, and so it really has you could say brain material, and um, this is really very interesting. And so it's a true thinking organ. In fact, the indigenous traditions, both in Turtle Island, America, and elsewhere in the world, always speak of thinking from the heart. Mm. The Chinese have a word shen, which yeah. means heart mind, and it's the place where spirit resides. Yes, in, in Japanese, you have two words for the heart. One is kokoro, and the other one is shinsu. And kokoro means the the pump, right? Physical. And shinsu means the spiritual heart. We don't have it in our language, two words for the heart. We don't. Yeah. That's all the more reason why a film like this, in English, is helping to shape and sculpt uh, a new language of the heart, if you will. And, of course, poetry's been doing that forever as well, and storytelling, like we were saying before. And it's, it's in our language, follow your heart, my heart's not in it's it. It's there. Yeah, I mean, it's embedded yeah. in the culture, yeah. except we just tend to really shut down around that. Yeah, and when and when you when you speak to your wife, you don't say I love you with all my head. You say I love you with all my heart. <laughs> yeah. And when you point to yourself, you don't point to your head. You point to your heart, That's right? right? Exactly. Yeah. So, you're right. Completely inside of human culture yeah. everywhere on the planet and the places where we run afoul of nature's real ways are the places where we're in, I think you could say, the greatest denial. Mm. of the heart. Mm. We marginalize it, we suppress, repress, depress, and march forward just mentally. Yeah. And that's where we become alienated from ourselves and 
nature and common sense, honestly. Yeah, I, I think the problem is that uh, the mind has become the master. There you and go. and we I mean we've been taught to do everything uh, you know with our minds and 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 that's okay for a while but I think ultimately our heart should be the master and the mind should be the servant. We need our minds, but our mind is supposed to be a servant. And the, mar- the, the the heart is the master. And if they can work together, if you can work from the combination of the heart and the mind, I think then we can lead really fulfilling lives. And then we are focused on harmony, reverence for life. Uh, love um, and 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 work from that um, experience of unity because we're all here on the same boat and we're all having the same experience. Very true. Uh, you reminded me of a phrase I often quote from Reverend Jesse Jackson, who says, "We all took different boats here, but we're all the same boat now." Yes, yes. <laughs> Which you know. It's, so true, you know, we're all... And so, in other words, what the film is, in a sense, setting us up for, mm. I feel. And this is, you could say, it's it's psycho-sociological importance. Yes. Is that we learn from it. Yes. And the good work that you and all of the people in it have done is to orient our culture toward the intelligence of the heart mm-hmm. to that level of nature and reality. Yeah. Uh, because getting there to some desired end mm-hmm. through the mind ain't going to happen, just mm-hmm. as Eckhart Tolle said yeah. in what originally inspired you yeah. to go on this journey. Yeah. It, it, we ain't going to get there from here through mm-hmm. the mind. No. We are going to use the mind, as you beautifully put it just now, but it's going to because it's in service to the heart, yep. and this heart is the connector of human human society, of human beings, of human family, tribes, and culture. Yeah, Eckhart Tolle said the power of the heart is to be connected with who you are at the deepest level. And I think my task is to live from that consciousness, to live from the heart. And it's it's you know it's it's been said often we are not human doings, we are human beings. And I think if we live from that consciousness, from that place, from our essence, from our true identity, then uh, everything else will, will be added in a way. Yes. Because from that the being biblical. comes the doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's in the Bible, you know. Um, it's uh, and seek, 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 seek first the kingdom of heaven within, and then all else will be added. And you know, the Bible was written originally in Aramaic, and kingdom of heaven in Aramaic really means consciousness. So seek first the consciousness, and then all, all else will be added. There yeah. you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, Baptiste, I uh, offer a class here in New York City, downtown, not far from Wall Street, interestingly, called Heaven on Earth. Yes. Mitchell Salon, Heaven on Earth. Yeah. And uh, every other week, a couple times a month, I gather a group of people together and we do various practices together, some ancient Chinese, etc., mindfulness meditation, and it's all about getting into the heart and then speaking from the heart. We do something that I've been trained in and taught for a long time called therapeutic theater. And we put ourselves into each other's shoes and we cultivate empathy mm. and understanding of what it's like to be in the position of the person with whom we're in conflict. 
And by so doing, the upset and the incrustation and the stress around the relationship begins to melt. Mm. And I feel that your film in the world is having that kind of de-encrusting effect, if you will, where it's helping through the just lovely people you have interviewed and the way you sequence it all really has this kind of um, undressing effect that we become more naked, if you will, in front of each other. Yeah, and in the movie, it's right there. I mean, Imakule Elibagisa, she's in the ultimate conflict because a lot of people are trying to kill her. And look how she resolves it. Oh, God. Yeah. You're right. That is uh, a pinnacle yeah. story. Yeah. In fact, how did you... It's really been on my mind since I saw it. How did you recreate those sequences? Oh my gosh, it was uh, um, Drew, Harriet, and 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 and, and myself. We I really, know it's a mind question, but yeah, I just yeah, yeah. It, it so was. Um, we thought, okay, if we're gonna recreate this story, it's in the book Left to Tell by Immaculate, by the way. We better do it right. If you and it's, it, I mean, it started in the beginning because we thought, okay, um, if if we're gonna do this, we we want to have the real people. Uh, you, you see it often in Hollywood movies. You know they're, they're creating uh, movies about Native Americans, and then they use Mexicans, and then the real, you know, Native Americans are upset about it. And yeah. I understand that. So we found okay, we want to use real Tutsis and real Hutus because um, at the deepest level, this was a racial war, right? Because it was about tribal differences. So it, it was a racial war- warfare, really, the genocide. And um, so we did a lot of casting in Belgium because uh, Rwanda used to be a colony of Belgium. So we have a lot of uh, Hutus and Tutsis in Belgium. And uh, we did a lot of casting, a lot of casting. We we were trying to find the right Immaculate. And um, we we, we found a lot of lookalikes. And the casting was a very uh, challenging situation because a lot of Tutsi women were casting and during the casting, I mean, they had, to re- they, had, they had to read their lines, right? And during the casting, they, most of them, they started to cry. And we said, why are you crying? They said, it's too intense because I used to be in the genocide as a baby. And I was in the church, and I saw how my family was being murdered while I was hiding out in the church. And uh, we, we, we heard... It, it was recreating yeah. their real life. Yeah, 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 yes. And, and still, Immaculate, in, in, for them, is like... Uh, an icon uh, Immaculate has forgiven so she is their example and so everyone wanted to be uh, Immaculate and at the same time it was a horrible experience for them to do the casting and for Drew Harriet the director and for me we were sitting behind the table and doing a casting and at one point I had to leave the room because it was just too much uh, it, it was so painful Even I mean, and I, I was not there but I was feeling it and um, ultimately we could not find the right Immaculate because maybe, you know, they were too involved in it. And so eventually we found an actress in L.A., Jamie Ann Burke, who who, who became Immaculate. And um, she, everyone, I mean, a lot of people... Um, Is she Rwandan? No, no, she's, no, no, she's, she's Af- African-American. Um, but she has no connections with Rwanda. But... Um, 
a lot of uh, people ask me after the screenings that we do all over the world, they said, how did you persuade Immaculate to play herself in the movie? And that's, of course, the biggest compliment that this that American I actors can have. I would have said the yeah. same thing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know until this yeah. dialogue. Yeah, so everyone thought that Immaculate was playing herself. And this is, of course, the the biggest compliment that this uh, actress, actress sure. Jamie... Uh, um, could be given. Yeah, could be given. Uh, but we could not find the real Immaculate in, 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 uh, in Belgium. In, in, in Belgium. Or Wanda. Yeah, Wanda. yeah, yeah. Because they were so, they were too much involved. And uh, we, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So where was it actually shot? Uh, it was shot in Amsterdam. Oh, it was? Yeah. We we recreated uh, everything, yeah, yeah. And when Immaculate saw it, uh, she said, it, "It's scary. It, it was like this." Uh, she said, "I really loved it. It was like this." And I, I I've met a lot of people who lived there around that time, and said, "I cannot believe that this was not shot in in Rwanda. It, it's terrifying. Uh, it's it's it was exactly like that." Yeah. The making is of a true yeah. filmmaker here, yeah. Baptiste. Yes. <laughs> but that was really hard. We thought, okay, if you're going to do this, you better execute it well. It was... Yes. If you're going to do it, you have to do yeah. it excellently. Yeah. And you really did. You yes. pulled it off. And Thank you so much. Also, just by way of compliment, the opening and the closing. I don't want to say too much about the closing, but the parable of the Japanese warrior, samurai, and... That piece, it's just you really hit mm, a so beautiful much. stride and frequency, if you will, mm. of love and compassion and the opening of the heart. And mm. uh, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And thank you so much, Michelle. For the good work you're doing. Thank you so much, and keep up your good work, please. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Is there a website you'd like people to yes. go to? Yes. Uh, if if people want to know more about the movie and more about the book, they can go to our website, thepoweroftheheart.com. That is thepoweroftheheart.com. Beautiful. Thank you again, Baptiste. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you, Mitchell. This is Mitchell J. Raven for a Better World. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It's a real revelation and a deep joy to speak with Baptiste to uh, put his heart and soul into this project and uh, it shows it really really shows so certainly I'd make a point of going to see it this is Mitchell J. Rabin thanks so much for joining us make sure to forward this to your friends and family and those whose hearts you feel can be opened and should be so we can actually do something very cool like create a better world you know, that's our game here. That's what we like to do. So you and I are all part of that. Make sure to go to our website at abetterworld.tv and join our newsletter, our mailing list. It's free. You're open and uh, welcome to be part of our family. And remember, A Better World uh, Foundation just became a nonprofit here in the United States. And uh, we welcome any donations that can be made. It helps us keep doing the work we do on radio and TV and expanding our media platform to be of service to all. Thanks again for joining, and I look forward to seeing you all 